Well, good morning. Good morning. This is a good-looking crowd. Okay, that's all right. And David, I'm just going to be honest with you in front of everybody. I know you're a Gamecock fan. Buddy, you look good in that purple. <laughs> yeah, you can switch over anytime you want to, buddy. I tell you that. But, uh, I, I, I got a passion for purple for sure. I'd like to welcome everybody this morning. I've got 90 hats up here. I want everybody to get a hat when you leave. You can wear it or give it to somebody else. It doesn't matter, but take a hat. And we will have more coming. But there's a message on the hat. And it creates a lot of conversations with people at times. So uh, whether you wear it or give it to somebody, I want everybody to take a hat. Now, right at the end of the service, I'm going to let the youth come up here and get theirs first. And we're going to cut the youth off at uh, 60 years old. So, you know, uh, if, if you're older than 60, you're not into youth anymore. But uh, I will let the kids come up first and get uh, get them a hat. And what we'll do is I'm, I'm going to ask some of them to stand at the back of the church uh, and some of them up here where people's going through and give these hats out. And if you get one that you wanted, one of the other ones, we'll have more. You just uh, All I ask you is let me know exactly which hat you want if there's, you see something you really like, and, uh, and I can order them. But uh, God has been good to us. He's been very good and uh like I said, it's a great witness, and he doesn't call us just to be Christians to be saved. He calls us to be Christians to uh, go out and carry his message to other people. You know, you're a witness every day of your life, whether you know it or not. What kind of message are you putting out there, though? But always remember that you're always a witness. Now, <clears throat> I praise God that I'm here today. And I, I praise God Deborah's here today because we took the kids down to our stream. Uh, Timmy's not here today, but we, we took our pond down this week and it hadn't been down in 30 years since we've been there. And uh, so we got a stream running through it and the whole bottom of the ground is just pure rocks. There's white rocks that you see in the sandy soil. So we went down there and there's some stumps still in the bottom of the pond that's been there for 80 years. And uh, a couple of them have decayed out. And uh, Deborah found one of them. And she stepped in it, and it just she went down knee deep, and it just sucked around her legs, and she couldn't get her foot out. So I'm sitting there, I got witnesses now. I can't just go ahead and leave her. <laughs> so uh, she was real upset and really starting to go into a panic because she couldn't get her flip-flop. So... We, listen, the flip-flop was saved. But I had to dig it out to get down. I got down the stream and dug it out, and uh, we, we, found, we got the flip-flop back. But uh, there are times in life, it was funny how it happened and all, but there's times in life sometimes when we step in a hole, and we step in that hole, the suction creates around us, and we can't get out the hole. It seems like it's impossible to get out the hole. The only way you can get out these holes is you have to ease out. You cannot jerk your leg out. And so in life, sometimes you have to ease out of these situations that we get ourselves into because we step into a hole in life. But we can't let it define us. And we learn from it. We learn from it. 
I promise you, she didn't go anywhere near that again. But those two kids down there, they ran by 20 times. They just, it, just tell them just don't go near that spot over there, and that was just a waste of breath. They just back and forth up and down the stream. So if one of them fell in, it, they'd have been waist deep on them. But uh, it was a good day, and, uh, and God's been good. And uh, I went down to Santee Friday evening uh, trying to find Josh a lizard. And Josh, we found you a lizard. Uh, boy that grew up at Santee took me down and he said, I'm going to show you some alligators. And, and listen, I've been to Santee a lot, but I never knew what was down there when he took me in there because uh, when we hit that spotlight in that back cove, it looked like an orange Christmas tree. And uh, everything was good till he drove that uh, boat up on top of a stump. We got stuck. Not so good. We tried for 30 minutes to get that boat off that stump and could not. He drove it up on it. It was sitting like this. It was a John boat. Now, we're in a 16-foot John boat, and these two gators swimming around out there over 12 foot long and this big around. And I don't get nervous around them, but I got kind of scared. But anyway, I finally thought after about 30 minutes, I said, Lord, help us get off the stump. Because I did not want to get in that water. And uh, believe it or not, the, uh, right after that, the Lord, we got the boat off the stump. And let me tell you, I don't care what situation you're in. If you talk to the Lord, he hears you. And uh, it was about to get serious now. Because uh, there was only two of us. And I didn't know where I was at, so I knew I had to keep him alive to get us out of there. But, uh, you know, it never really got to a danger point, but uh, but sometimes you can step in a hole. Sometimes you get hung on a stump. But you got to keep working it till you get out. And that's the life we live in. Today, if you want to follow along, we're going to be talking a little bit about this. In the book of Luke, I'm not going to read the whole story. We, uh, we got food downstairs. And uh, I know y'all not thinking about the pastor and the sermon. You're thinking about that food. So if you want to follow along in the book of Luke, the 15th chapter, very familiar story. Just a little different viewpoint on some of the things. Just going to read part of it. We know the rest of the story, but we don't have the verses up on the screen we do oh yeah we're okay so before we uh, actually read them let's go to the Lord in prayer first our Heavenly Father Lord we come to you once again in humble prayer and we praise your holy and righteous name Lord as I said earlier Lord we praise you for every prayer that was answered Lord so many times we're walking around things like like the hole in the stream, Lord, like a stump on the, on the lake, Lord. And so many times we're walking around things that can get us stuck, Lord, and you're there for us. And when we get ourselves in these situations there, Lord, it just, it's, all we have to do is ask, and you're there for us. You take us out. Let us never take it for granted, Lord, that you get us out of so many situations in life, Lord. And let us praise you for it, Lord. Lord, let us never take for granted all the situations that you keep us from getting into. We praise you for it, Lord. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the story, Lord. And Lord, thank you so much for coming down to earth and personally 
You personally came, Lord, and told us these stories. And I praise you today for it, Lord. May it be an inspiration to us. May we never forget it. May we use it in life, Lord. And may the way we use it bring honor and glory to your name. For it's in the name of Jesus Christ we do humbly pray. Amen. In the NIV, it says the parable of the lost son. We call it another as the prodigal son. Jesus is teaching. We're going to start with the 11th verse. And he says, there was a young man who had two sons. The younger son once said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So his father divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together with all he had and set off for a distant country. And there squandered all his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. It's easy to read this story and talk about uh, the prodigal son and think about how ignorant he was, how crazy he was, and he squandered all that money. Do you know in life I know people that have squandered fortunes? You cannot imagine how quick it can get gone. People that came into money that's worth more than a million dollars and in two or three years completely broke. Not only broke in debt, how do you spend a million dollars, Pastor? It's easy. Just let your mind get to thinking on the things you want. Yeah. Leave God out of it and you'll find yourself in the same situation. The rest of the story goes on. The boy came home. He came home. He humbled himself before, the, before his father and he said, Father, I've squandered everything I had. I've lost all the money and I'm hungry. I just want to come home. And his father was elated. He was elated. We've got a son that's in uh, San Diego now, California. He loves it out there. He, the, he's smart as he can be. He's super intelligent, but he's missed a screw somewhere when it comes to liking California now. What's, what's, what the deal is with that? But he loves it, and he does good out there. But it's such a pleasure when he comes home and we get to see him. Even though we know he's well, we know he's doing good, there's still an emptiness not being able to see. Can you imagine what this father was going through? They didn't have telephones back then. And for you young people, I want you to know, when I started my job I got now, there was no such thing as a computer. I started on a typewriter. Yeah, that tells you how old I am. The first cell phone I had was the best cell phone I ever had because it came in a bag with an antenna and you plugged it in your car. Love to have it back now. But times change. There's good times and there's bad times. And this, this boy fell on hard times in the country where he was at. And he had nothing. And he came back home. And this is where it gets interesting. His father was so happy to see him. And he loved on him. And they started celebrating. And they got a calf and they were going to have a big feast. The father represents God. Our father. The prodigal son represents the sinners. 
and how we fall away from God and we come back to him. But there's a third person. There's a third person in the group, and that's the oldest son who stayed with his father, who continued to work. He got upset. My younger brother runs off. He takes half of everything you own, and he squanders it, and it's gone now. And when he comes home, you're celebrating, you're having a feast for him. You've never did anything for me. Nothing. And yet you celebrate this. Some bitterness. He's mad at his younger brother. Who does he represent? I think he represents a lot of churchgoers who go to church and they got this feeling of being different from the people that's out there in the world that's not going to church. But in God's eyes, we're all the same. We can give every penny we got to the church. We can do everything we can for the church and spend all our time doing things for the church and witnessing for the Lord. But we're still in the same boat as the person that's out there that's drunk every Saturday night. That's going to the honky-tonks. Who steals from other people. We're the same. So what's missing here? What's missing is, is the one, the one who took and squandered the money was repentant. He humbled himself before the Lord. He said, I'm sorry. But the oldest son thought he had earned something. You cannot earn your way to heaven. If you come to church because it's an obligation, you're missing it. You come to church because you want to come. You want to laugh at the pastor. You want to see your friends. You want to come and be around Christians because it's where we feed ourselves. The oldest son, you've done nothing for me. You've given me nothing. He missed the point. His father divided the estate. He didn't understand that everything that was there belonged to him. Everything. And his father had given it to him. But his father was still there. But he wanted it now. So in essence, it's the older son. It's the one that was loyal, that stayed at home. He became the prodigal son because he alienated himself by turning against his brother. We don't separate ourselves from sinners. We try to be the difference in their lives. We have to set the example. And then when one of them comes home to the Lord, we celebrate. Because God the Father celebrated How important is it? Back up to 15th chapter, and I didn't give this to, to Joe. Back up before he tells this parable, this is what Christ said. He says, suppose a woman had 10 silver coins and she loses one. If you got 10 $100 bills and you lose one, what are you going to do? Are you going to say, well, I still got nine. I'm not worried about the one I lost. Yeah, who in here is going to say that? You're going to put them nine somewhere and you're going to say, now I know where they at. 
I know where they at. They're gonna be right there. And you go tell your house apart till you find that hundred dollar bill. Am I right? Yeah. You'll tear up a, a, a five hundred dollar chair or couch looking for it, but you're gonna find that hundred dollar bill. And it's gonna occupy your mind. And then you find it. Oh, I forgot I had put it in my billfold. Mm. What do you feel like when you find that hundred dollar bill? You've got, yeah, you've got 900 right there, and you're not happy about them at all. But when you find that one, you are celebrating. You are so happy because you found one that was lost. And that's the way God sees us. And he said, you're going to look for that 10 silver coins. You're going to look for that coin you lost. In the ninth verse, it says, And when she finds it, she calls all her friends and neighbors together and she says, rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. There's a lot of people lost out there in the world today. We can make a difference. And if we do, not only do we rejoice that they come up here and they accept the Lord. How big it is. You know, if we have baptism next week, Lord willing, this is going to happen. We have baptism again. There's rejoicing. There's not only rejoicing here and people's families will come to see them be baptized. But Christ says this, in the same way I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. One. Just one. Can you make a difference in one person's life? You don't have to save the world. Christ did that. One person, God will put somebody in front of you almost every day of your life. There will be a situation where you can make a difference in somebody's life. It's nothing, if it's nothing, just being nice to somebody on the phone. That's all. You never know what somebody's going through when God puts you in these situations. But you make a difference because you got the love of God in you, and people will turn to you when they find out that you got the love of God in you. But what he's asking us is not to become the prodigal sons ourselves. Do not alienate ourselves because we're jealous of somebody else. Sometimes we say, we think, golly, that's the meanest person I know, and he won the lottery. Why in the world do such mean people get blessed so much? They don't have anything. They don't have anything. If you got Jesus Christ in your heart, you got something worth more than any lottery in the world. If you don't believe me, you study people that's won lotteries and you find out how many people were happy after they won them. I was hoping maybe my son or uh, somebody real close to me would win it. That way I could just get some money from them and let them handle all the stuff. But you think about it. The first thing you got to do is put a fence around your property. Or like the man in Sumter moved from New York down to a rural area in Sumter and built a brick wall around his entire property. Had to become a lawn. Because everybody that he knew recognized him as a man that had money and they wanted money from him. He lost all his friends. And he said, you know, I got more kin people than the county. Everybody I talked to now is kin to me somewhere. Do you know your mother's, father's, mother's, father's? Yeah, yeah, I, I looked it up, but we got the same DNA. 
Can I borrow some money? Be careful what you ask for in life. Be careful what you ask for. Everything comes with a price. For years, for years, right at seven years, I prayed the same prayer over and over to the Lord. It's, Lord, teach me how to love people. My Bible says it's the greatest gift. It's the greatest gift to get to love. I wanted it. I said, I want the best, Lord. And he taught me to love people. It did not come natural to me, I promise. But he taught me to love people. You know what I didn't recognize and what I didn't understand about it when I was praying and had to learn all this? is when you love people, you feel what they feel. And it takes a lot of days. It takes a lot of time to build up something inside of you that you can handle it. Because when you love somebody and they get hurt, you hurt. And I wanted to love everybody. And God gave me that gift. I praise him for it. But there's been times when I was broke. Broke emotionally because somebody I love did something that got them in trouble. Or somebody I love did something and they got hurt. And I've seen it. But you know what? The blessing is still there. And I wouldn't change it for anything. Nothing. I'm so humbled at times people from some big churches will call me and ask me to sit down and talk with them. They just want somebody to talk to. I don't think I'm a good listener. But I love these people. Some of these men have tremendous, tremendous responsibility and they have to make these decisions and they want to talk to me about it. And I talked to the Lord and said, Lord, why would they come to me? Why would they come to me? In this day, I don't know why. But the one thing that they know, and we go back 30, 40 years, they know I care about them. They know I love them. And because of that, we're close friends. We're close friends. It's the one gift that's the greatest gift there is, is to be able to love people. And God will train you and teach you through it. He'll get you through it. He'll, he'll bring you along a little bit at a time and make you stronger and stronger. But we can't be like the prodigal son that stayed at home because he had heaven right there. He had everything that was the father's. And he couldn't see it because of the jealousy he had for somebody else. His own brother. Learn. Learn from this story. Because the person that told this story is Jesus Christ himself. As you see, he reads the heart. He reads the heart. I've told you many times in this church how many siblings I've seen that I do appraisals for their estates and they get so bitter with each other they don't ever talk to each other again. That's awful. And it's never, it's never about fifty dollars or $75,000. This is always where there's some kind of steep value involved. Enough's not enough. If Satan can get in your heart and get that in your heart, he'll control you. So just remember, when you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you became a Christian, 
It's no different than the prodigal son that came from where he went and squandered everything. Because Christ gave us this entire world from the start. This was ours. And all of us together, we threw it away. We wanted to follow our own lusts, our own desires. But God never left us. There's rejoicing in heaven over every single person on this earth when they turn to the Lord. If you don't think it's serious, you look up how many, how many Christians are out there compared to how many Muslims or how many other religious beliefs there are. Think about it. Praise God. Praise God you live in a country where it's free to worship him. Please don't ever take that for granted. I watched a movie the other night where two women got in their heads. They went over to uh, Afghanistan when that war started and had Christian propaganda. Yeah, God bless them. I know if God called them to it, he was going to see them through it. But they actually had to send a SEAL team in to get these girls in the middle of the night in a helicopter. They had to find them, and they had a, a flashlight flickering in the middle of the desert. But they had been locked up and kept for two or three years in prison over there. You know what they did? If you don't think you live in a good country, you know what these women did? They had a tape and some uh, literature of Jesus Christ. And for that, they were going to be killed. That's in our world today. And it's still over there. We got a lot of world today where the women have no authority, no say on anything. It's millions and millions of them. If they do something wrong, their own father will have them killed. Study it if you don't believe me. Study it. Praise God we live in America. Don't ever take that for granted. We got to be the voice of Jesus Christ because we are the ones that are free. And let us never take it for granted, ever. Thank you all for coming. I love every one of you. We're going to go down. We'll get something to eat. I'm going to ask the kids when I, after I say the prayer to come up first. And we'll let each one of them get them a hat. And then we're going to separate and carry them in different directions and let them just take a hat when you leave. And like I said, if you see one that you want, uh, if they don't have it, just let me know because we're going to order some more. And God is so good to me. He, he took me to the one place on the Internet, the one place where I can get these hats for almost nothing. Almost nothing. So praise God for it. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you in humble prayer. And we thank you so much for your word, Lord. We thank you so much for the lessons that you came to teach us, Lord. May we never take them for granted, Lord. Help us to understand the mistake that the, that the older son made in this story, Lord. Help us to understand the right decisions that the youngest son made after he had squandered everything, Lord. How he finally turned back to you. Thank you so much, Lord, for the story. And Lord, even though this mighty nation has go through a lot of turmoil, Lord, we've got so much dissension in our leaders, Lord, and there seems to be nobody up there that wants to work with one another, Lord. It seems like the, the average working person in this nation, Lord, has been thrown away, Lord. And it's almost like the government has forgotten us. But you have not forgotten us, Lord, and I praise you for that. Lord, you were more important than the government. 
You are more important than anything or anybody on this earth, Lord. And I thank you so much for the freedom we have to come and worship you today, Lord. Thank you for the praise songs, Lord. Thank you for the music, Lord. And thank you for each person that's involved. Each person that's involved, each and every service we have, Lord, that makes it happen. We honor you and we praise you, Lord. We look to you, Lord, in our time of need. We thank you for healing those that are on our prayer list, Lord. And we celebrate each and every healing. If there's anybody here today, Lord, that does not know you as Lord and Savior, I ask you to come down, Lord, and be here. We know that you will be here with us, Lord. And I praise you for it, Lord. I praise you, Lord, for the baptisms we had in the recent past, Lord. I praise you for the baptisms we got coming up, Lord, for each and every person that's going to be baptized. If there's anybody in here right now, Lord, that has not been baptized, put it on their hearts right now, Lord. Let the Spirit be strong in them. Help them to move on it, Lord, so we can get every, every person in here, Lord, baptized. And we do it in the name of Jesus Christ, and we give you the honor and glory. Amen. Okay, we're going to... Say again. Oh, yeah, we, we do that right now. We're waiting on Trisha. Come on. Oh, how do you see her? All right, well, just hold on. Give us just a minute first. We'll come up. I'm going to let this slip my mind. <laughs> Love you, brother. Will's uh, he's a professed Christian. He got baptized, and he said he's not sure if he's a member of this church, so he wants to make it official. So, uh, Wayne, do I need to get you up here for this? Or David, he wants to join the church, and uh, we just need to have a vote on it. Right, do we have a motion? For what? Okay. <laughs> I'm picking on you, brother. I love you, man. Do we have a second? Okay. All in favor, raise your hand. All opposed? I think that's a majority. What do you think? A bunch to none? Love you, brother. And I'll ask Will to come back at the back of the church when we, uh, when we leave, and uh, everybody congratulate him. And if there's anybody else that wants to join the church, now's a good time. If you're not a member, we can make this happen. Yes. It is. It's beautiful to see everybody out there. Okay, Trisha, you ready? You going to sing loud for me, sweetie? <laughs> yeah. Anything that's on your heart, the altar's open. If you just want to come down and take a knee and say, thank you, Jesus. You'd be amazed at what it goes through your soul when you take a knee at an altar and talk to the Lord.